Hello, welcome to Dungeon Delving. I'm Brandon Wagner. I'm Adam McKeever. And today we're delving back into NPCs. A little differently this time. Last week we talked about NPC characters traveling with the party. This week we're talking about the non-player character stat blocks at the end of the monster manual. Well, not, not anyone specifically, but we're going to talk about giving them a little more oomph. Yeah, giving them a little a little more life in the, in the game, a little more je ne sais quoi. A little more traction, a little more usage, a little more times in the game when they're applicable as a challenge for your party. Because Just you know a little more. One D four plus one bandits is not gonna be a challenge to a level fifteen party. But Well, if you I don't know some... if you have one D four amount of bandits doing one D four damage, it could be a little bit more challenging. That's what I meant, one D four amount of bandits. Oh. They do 1d6 damage. Oh. No, they do, yeah, 1d6 slashing damage. Well, I'm not reading. <laughs> no. Anyways, but, so what we want to talk about is, the there's a small blurb in the Monster Manual of customizing NPCs. And it mentions giving them racial traits. You know, if you have a, a halfling druid instead of a human druid, it'll have the, the lucky trait and a little bit of lower speed. Mm. It talks about uh, spell swaps by replacing the spells they have to kind of customize it to fit whatever role you need that NPC to fit in your game. Because you're totally going to give all of your uh, acolytes wish. Yep. Because that, that, that's totally a first-level spell. <laughs> Absolutely. First-level spellcaster would wish. Maybe you do. Maybe you do, just to just to really mess things up. Maybe you really need to get your players back on track for the story you want to tell. So, oh, no. so the acolyte uses wish to make them go back to the story. <laughs> it, it's got wish, but it's on a recharge, and it's... Like a, a D20 recharge. <laughs> but it, it starts with it depleted. Right. Well, there's a 1 in 20 chance they can just use Squish and just fuck your party over. And then the other two things they talk about are giving them magic items and swapping out armor and weapons. And that's kind of what I want to touch on with that is taking these NPCs that are might be opponents to your party and giving them that extra layer of customization to breathe some more life into these. Because I feel like these get really forgotten. You yeah. know, like maybe not like archmages and assassins, but you like know, bandits. Like, like we were just talking about before we started with the gladiators, how like we didn't realize that they can make up to three melee attacks. Yeah, they have yeah, three melee attacks or two ranged attacks. I mean they are CR five, but Um and one of the things we talked about is when you in the Monster Manual it mentions giving them racial traits. And I want to take that a step further and adjust their stats based on that race. So, like, their, their, their stat block is what they roll, and then you add your stat trees to that. So it... Right, so instead of, you know, 18 strength, 15 dex, 16 con, 10 intelligence, 12 wisdom, and 15 charisma for the gladiator, if it's a human gladiator, all those would be bumped up by one, which would give them, you know, a plus five to their strength, which is pretty good. <laughs> um, and then of course one way I thought about it is assuming that in the monster manual they are all humans already so before you apply those racial modifiers you reduce all their stats by one and then apply the racial modifiers right. but that's really up to you as a DM if you look at a stat line and go okay giving these all plus one because it's a human would be too much so we're going to assume it's already human in the stat block drop it right. and do that you can do it either way and I think there isn't really I mean, a better one. For, for a lot of these, that would definitely drop them into the being slightly dumber than a box of rocks category. Right. 
because most of these would drop their intelligence below 10 if you took one away. Yeah, but wait, the, the commoner is 10 across the board. Yeah. So if, if you assume that they're a human and already have that added, now they have 9 across the board before racial modifiers. It's like, okay. Elves don't get... I don't think... Do elves get a bonus to intelligence? I think some elves do, but not yeah. all elves do. And I th- would think even a commoner elf would have more than nine intelligence. Yeah. But, so I, what I would do is use that baseline stance and then apply the racial modifiers. And that's just me. And then uh, you talked about with the orc gladiator yeah. having a... Uh, the, uh, the aggressive feature. So what that does is it lets you move up to your speed again towards an enemy without taking a dash. Right. So they, it, it's enemy they can see, right? Yeah. yeah. So it has to be something that's in line of sight. They have to know where it is, and they have to go straight to it. They can't like go over here, stop, grab something, and then go it's right just straight there. So they essentially have sixty movement speed towards an, an an opponent. Right. And just imagine that in a gladiator where they're just like kill, 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 and then I'm going to charge with this next one. It's just like, <laughs> oh, okay. Plus, does orc get plus two strength? Uh, yes. I so believe. that that orc gladiator would have twenty strength. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to hit really effing hard. And then on top of that, you're going to change their weapon. You might not give it a spear. You might give them a, a battle axe, which they're going to use two-handed and deal the d12 damage. So now, just by taking that gladiator stat block and going, okay, how is this gladiator different because they're an orc? It's now a much more dangerous monster. Even if you do a half-orc, because they have that racial feature where they can choose to not die, basically. Oh, yeah. They go to one instead of to zero, which can give them an extra round. Uh-huh. It'd be really scary. Right. In some situations, because you might be on your last leg and that works just like, uh, no, I'm not dead. Not dead yet. Um, the other thing I, I kind of thought about is with like giving them different items and equipment, especially magic items. Mm-hmm. Um, I was making a homebrew game for family that I was playing with and I was rolling up the treasure for a bandit chief and one of the things i rolled was a cursed sword and i was like okay would a bandit chief have found a really nice cool sword and just put it in a freaking box somewhere in his lair no he would use it so now the bandit has this cursed sword so he's gonna hit harder but he has the negative effects of the curse and that ended up kind of shaping the storyline that i built around this bandit encampment with this bandit chief used to be kind of tactful and smart and now he's very aggressive and just sends his people to fight all the time because of the curse of the sword that's I am plus now you can pick up the cursed sword and use it yourself if you want to. Oh wow, that was a group chat. It was, because both of us went Yep. Still uh, on his way. Bill is on his way. Cool. That means we're gonna play D D soon. Yay. Let's talk about it for a minute more before we do that though. All right. <laughs> I also put this on do not disturb. Um That was me. Oh, okay. That's just my phone sending out Hadoukens. My wife hates that alert so much. Yeah, and I mean hey, give give your uh Cultist, an item that has, like, one use that lets them do a Hadouken. Uh, that's another way, I think, to kind of temper magic items that you want to give your party. So let's say you're someone like like me. I usually, I always roll up treasure tables. I'm not just like, okay, I want the party to have this item specifically or specifically not have. Well, sometimes I'll roll up a magic item and be like, I'm not giving them that, and I'll roll again. But <laughs> for the most yeah. part, I just roll for treasure. And you might roll something, and you're like, that might be a little strong for them, like a necklace of fireballs. And at that point, you're like, okay, so when you roll up a necklace of fireballs, there's a little table in the DMG for how many um, orbs that can be used to make fireballs it has. 
So let's say you roll it up. And, okay, this necklace of fireballs has six uses. But this mage that they're fighting would know what it is and would use it against them. So by the time the party gets their hands on it, it only has three charges left because the mage threw three charges at them. That way you yep. can kind of have, or in our game um, that I was running, Tim got the Ring of the Ram from that not a Skeksy monster that you guys fought in the tower. Oh, yeah. And the Ring of the Ram has three charges, and as far as if I'm remembering correctly, it's not a weapon that recharges. But he used it against you guys, so it only had two charges for Tim. And that's kind of... What does the Ring of the Ram do again? I'm trying to remember. Uh, it deals force damage and pushes things back. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so that's kind of... And you took advantage of that because he pushed you back with the Ring of the Ram, and then you're like, oh, I have the Charger feet. So you, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> you I, charged I, him again. <laughs> I just did that gap closer and... Um, and that's that's kind of segues nicely into the next thing, giving your NPCs feats. Like, let's say you have a commoner that the party is going to interact with because they're like the owner of a bar or something, but they're a very human, so they have a nasty feat that they can use if your party decides yes. to get rowdy. Um, or even like a bandit. Like, let's say you have a bandit chieftain and you decide, okay, this chieftain is going to have the charger feat. So they're go I'm going to adjust their stats because they're a very human. I'm going to give them a rare, unique, different weapon that a bandit wouldn't usually have because as a variant human, you get to choose a proficiency. Right. So you say, alright, I'm going to take proficiency in this weird, random weapon so that my bandit chief can have this powerful weapon, and then I'm going to give him the charger feet. And that turns that fight into something that is really different than what you might be expecting from fighting a bandit chieftain. Um, similarly, you could do with, like, a spellcaster, like an archmage. Make them a variant human, Give them the elemental adept feat so that if any of your party has resistance to fire, you can ignore it with your boss. Yeah, I mean, another fun thing is have your bandit or whatever be in Arakakra, and now you got to deal with a flying enemy. Right. Or, and you could do that with any of the bandits. You can do it with the chief or just the normal bandits. It's a, it's yep. a, that's why this group of bandits is so dangerous because they're Arakakra and they fly or, in and steal from people. Or there's an assassin that just drops out of the air, stabs you, and then runs. Right. Um, well, flies. <laughs> and you, you don't you don't have to do a variant human for your NPC to give them a feat. You can just be like, I'm just going to give this NPC a feat oh, yeah, like to any, make it more challenging. And any of the normal feats that you could normally get on your character, right, I think, should be fair game. Right. On top of that, the uh, maybe not strictly for NPC fights, but the legendary encounters from, or the mythical encounters from Theros... Where when their health drops to zero, if you choose to have it be a mythical encounter, they get their health back essentially and get new features. Oh yeah, it's a, that is one of my favorite mechanics they've ever introduced. It's so cool, but um, that would be a really cool one for like an archmage. And like, you go mm -hmm. to fight this powerful archmage who's a necromancer, and when you defeat them, it's like the boss of the uh, dungeon in Skyrim where you get Dawnbringer. Where when you kill him, his body crumbles to the ground, but then his spirit rises up and casts oh, yeah. freaking Blizzard at you. That would be a really cool fight. <laughs> Just kind of give that mechanical feature to your random NPC to make that fight more interesting and to give it more weight. Because like an Archmage, they're pretty powerful. They have a lot of spells, but they're only a CR 12. Yeah, or uh, like with the Gladiator, make it even more scary, give it Warcaster. Yeah, give them the ability to cast spells. Just, just going through the player's handbook and looking at all those little customizations that your players can have and giving them to NPCs can make your encounters with those NPCs so much more diverse and different 
and you can surprise your players with things. You know, give them an unexpected ability that your players who are more familiar with D&D and more experienced don't see coming. Like, oh, I fought mm. hundreds of bandits in the 20 years I've been playing D&D. I know what to expect, but then you don't. You know, uh, make, a, make a character an Asimar instead of something else. And Asimar can use that feature where they get a boon of power once per day. Right. So now your your knight has this ability to gain this crazy radiant damage power or whatever it is. Or or another fun thing is, well, I have a druid, but they're a fearbolg. Yeah, so they get all those little fearbolg fearbolg feats. Yeah, so bonus wisdom, they get the magic, hidden steps, so yeah, just... Yeah, this druid can just, like, you know, blend into the trees. No big deal. <laughs> just disappear. Yep. That can in, And that's a feature that you can apply outside of combat. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's your party needs to find this reclusive, furbolg druid hermit in this forest, and they just they can't find him because he keeps using his furbolg abilities to stay hidden from them. And, you know, stay out of the, the eyes of travelers. Just... So I'm going through the race list for uh, D&D Beyond, and I didn't know that a lot of these were in here. <laughs> the Grungs? What, what is a Grung? Uh, they're frog people that live in jungles. Yeah. We also got catfish people, too. The Lokatha are in... Uh, oh, I don't have that. Lokatha Rising. It's... They have pet otters. They have pet otter things. Yeah, the Lokatha are from... Uh, Ghost of Saltmarsh. Hmm. I couldn't think of what it was called. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool races, and just taking those, taking the, those feats and features and traits of those races, and just kind of applying them to otherwise benign NPCs that your party runs into, is, I think, an excellent way to give them that more more usage and more traction. And, you know, if you have a uh, Xanathar's Guide to, any, to Everything, the racial feats. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have, like, a random elf who has that elven magic feat and thus can use Misty Step randomly. And don't forget that high elves get a cantrip. So if you have a high elf NPC, they just have a cantrip that they can use against the party. Any wizard cantrip, they can just take. And yep. <laughs> but, um, taking those, those, those little aspects, like, I'm running out of the abyss for my other group, my dad and my brother, and one of the NPCs is a scout, and she's a dwarf. So I took that scout stat line, and I gave her a warhammer instead of a short sword, and I gave her a shield instead of a bow, and then I gave her dwarven features, and it's it's really cool. It's making her a much more interesting NPC than just a dwarf in the party, because it's a dwarf in the party who also can do scout things. I took. Right. I read. I read in the book. She's a dwarven scout, and I was like, okay, so that means she has the abilities of a dwarf and a scout from the monster manual. So, put them together, and it's it worked out really well. She's a very cool character. That uh, I think she's one of the ones that my brother and my dad don't care about as much, but I think she's really cool. Just <laughs> like this character is so cool. You Appreciate her more, you guys. <laughs> You're gonna miss her when she's gone. They only care about school, but. When you guys run, I don't care about stool. Why would you care about that? You can get that anytime you poop. Okay, but when you guys run it, 
you're going to care about stool. <laughs> when, I was, when I was talking to my friend Dale before, um, when he first sent me it, and I was like, oh, I'm going to run this. And he was like, it's really cool. Stool is ride or die. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right, everyone's just going to love stool. But without spoiling anything, too, or without spoiling too much, stool is a mic in it. So stool has the ability to use those rapport spores and give you limited telepathy. That's why stool is ride or die. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I do love that they have a thug as yeah. the NPCs. <laughs> just like, oh, you just need someone to beat somebody up. They aren't they aren't skilled, but they know a little bit more. So it's like base fifteen strength, and oh, they have pack tactics, which is interesting. Huh. There's not too many humanoid things that have pack tactics. Um, thugs and. Totem warrior barbarians who take wolf totem. Yeah. So, <laughs> so having a bunch of like, oh, geez. I'm just thinking of some of those combinations of like, uh, so like you have a bunch of goblin thugs. Goblins already have pack tactics. Oh, they do? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you get it as a player character goblin. Yeah. But. No, it doesn't look like it, but no. goblins, like, if you go in the monster manual, goblins just have pack tactics. So, you have a bunch of goblin thugs that also have pack tactics, so you're not fighting just a regular goblin. Right. It's, it's a goblin thug, so they also get the, uh, what was it here? That's a great way to give a little more variety to a simple monster, too. Some of these yeah. NPC, I guess you could say they're classes, almost. Just have, oh, it's not just, I want to make a more powerful... Um, goblins, like my party fought goblins and they wiped them out, and I wanted to fight some stronger goblins without moving up to bugbears or hobgoblins yet. So why don't I have this is this leader? The leader of this group of goblins is a goblin gladiator. So it has the goblins' mm -hmm. attacks and stuff, but it has that you know that brute for the extra die of damage, the multi attack, the brave feature where they have advantage of the same person being frightened, and then that parry reaction. Oh, so yeah. that's a way to take, I want a goblin boss for a dungeon, but I don't want to just use a goblin chieftain. I want to, I want to change it up. Goblin gladiator. Boom. Yeah, I mean, that can also be a cool story point, having a goblin that's been fighting in the the war pits or whatever it is. Right. That then you, you kind of cross, so now you have to deal with this got, this gladiator, and then there's oh, all the... Tribal warriors have back tactics. Oh, yeah. Um... I just I wanted to kind of touch on customizing and advancing these NPC creatures, the NPC monsters, if you will, just because I feel like, you know, bandits and bandit captains, yeah, they get a lot of traction in in, in low level games. They use a lot. People throw them at, at people a lot. Archmages, they're pretty solid for mid level bosses to fight, but I just I feel like a lot of these. Stat blocks, people just don't, they don't get used very often. You know, cultist, cultist and cult fanatic maybe. But like the yeah. berserker, guard, I mean there's guards in every city, but most of the time your players aren't running around burning everything to the ground. You know, every now and then your players get into a conflict with, bard, with guards, but I feel like more often than not that's something that's going to be handled in a role play rather than a raw combat. Right. Or uh, just a random mage or a knight. 
a random scout, a priest, a noble. I feel like these a lot of these stat blocks are stuff that gets underutilized. And I, I feel like taking some of the other aspects of player customization and applying them to these NPCs can help you get life out of a otherwise overlooked creature. Right. I mean, a lot of them I, I overlook. I'm, guilt, I'm definitely guilty of it. I'm like, before I really started thinking about it, a lot of these stat blocks I had never read. Like, I knew they were there. I knew they existed. But the only time I ever had them, I made, I prepped, I prepared an encounter for you guys as a random encounter where you encounter a whole bunch of bandits. And one of them was a druid and one of them was a berserker. Hmm. But that was as far as I had gone. You guys ended up talking your way out of that one instead of fighting them. That was just a long time. This was before the pandemic. <laughs> we we do that like in the weirdest situations where we're just like, oh yeah, this would be a fun thing that Brandon has set up. Yeah, <laughs> well, bye. We're 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 getting around it. But then you have like this boring dungeon of like there's a goblin in this room and there's a goblin in that room and we murder hobo the entire thing. <laughs> I remember. I don't think I made any really boring dungeons. No, you've never made any really boring. I'm just saying, like comparatively, right? It's like, oh, this is just a simple thing that's not some inspired thing that I came up with in the middle of the night and wrote down on my little notepad I keep by my bed. It's just like, I need something here. Let's just do this. And those yep. are the ones that you fight. Yeah, <laughs> We're just like, yeah. And then complex dungeon that was meant to bring in story tension. Nope. Dimension completely, completely skipped. But that's also part of my DM philosophy is if you guys think of a solution that I hadn't thought of, I say that works. Like, if, when I'm planning a challenge for you, I think, all right, how are they going to solve this? Blah, blah, blah. I don't want this way to work, so I'll make I'll come up with a reason why that won't work. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want to just say, no, that doesn't work because I say so. You know, I, if, if I want something to not work, I want a reason for it not to work. Whereas if you guys think of something that I hadn't thought of, I'm going to say, okay. <laughs> and I was fairly new at DMing, so I hadn't thought of Dimension Door. Now I have. So now there's yeah. now there's magical wards in a lot of places where there should be magical wards. <laughs> you, you think about Dimension Door and you make sure that we can't like the, do the deployable spa or anything like that. Right. I'm also going to ban Tiny Hut in future campaigns. <laughs> I need I need encounter. I need you guys to get ambushed at night sometimes. So <laughs> no more Tiny Hut. Well, maybe instead of getting ambushed at night, we get ambushed in the morning because they realize that there's this weird opaque dome sitting on the ground. So they're just going to sit out there and wait until we pop out. The best part is that people inside the tiny hut can see out. Yeah. So it's like you just sit in there. So we're like, just like, oh. Huh, this spell's going to wear out in about 10 minutes. What are we going to do? Like, oh, crap. Uh, so we got all our spell slots back. Uh, ready to magic missile? Yeah, okay. You're ready to like magic all missile. All the things that I expected to change how I would run a campaign. Tiny the, hut. The tiny hut spell was not on that list at all. Like when I first started damning 5th edition, I was like, okay, what do I need to watch out for? I need to watch out for wishes. I need to watch out for decks of many things. I need to watch out for giving them flying. I need to watch out for... I didn't think of teleporting for some reason, but yeah. I, I would never have thought of deployable shelter at night to be something you need to worry about. Right. But, I mean, honestly, the teleportation has done a few awesome things too. Like when Monkus was just like, okay, we're done here. Grabbed everybody and just whoop. Yeah, that would work really good for moving the plot forward. Yeah. 
I like I like being that person that's just like, okay, we're back to plot time. <laughs> Sometimes you want to be on the railroad. Well, the path. But anyways, I think it kind of said what I wanted to say about customizing NPCs. It, the TLDR would be customize NPCs. Yes, do it. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, like we gave a few interesting options there, like the, the orc gladiator. Uh, also, I was looking at a, a Minotaurs uh, from uh, Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. Mm-hmm. They have a charger ability that lets them gore with their horns. Oh, yeah. So having that on a gladiator or like a thug or uh, having a guard that will sometimes be like a satyr from uh, Theros uh, and just... Oh, um, you, you you wanted to attack? Well, here, listen to this song and I'll charm you. And may, maybe you, you won't attack us anymore. I feel like Seder Bard makes a lot of sense for a, oh, a player character. I, but at the same time, it's like, I'm going to play a Seder fighter. So I'm just a fighter that has a couple Bard abilities because I'm a Seder. Yeah. <laughs> that way I don't have multi-class. <laughs> multi-class is weird. It is weird. We should do an episode on it where we just kind of go into how to do it. I don't think any of us have had a whole lot of experience with it, though, yet. So You multiclassed your, I, for a one-shot. Yeah. The, but, like... My, my Warlock Paladin. The thing is, is I want those, like, 18th, 19th, 20th level features of the class. You know? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to put... I mean, I might put one level into Warlock so I can Elders class, but that's not it. Well, like, like I'm going to be doing with Arag once we get back to Tim's campaign is he's getting really into all these like magical artifacts that are used to trap these enemies. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to actually move him a little bit out of Rogue and into Artificer. Okay. And part well, of that... a gun, so... Yeah, part of that is optimizing for the magical ammunition, so... But, um... I don't remember what I was going to say. I don't know. Multiclassing. Multiclass your NPCs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meet, have a guard night. Have <laughs> a guard night. Just because they're right next to each other. Yeah. Or a, a, a common berserker. Archmage bandit captain. <laughs> Have a common assassin. A commoner, a commoner assassin. So you just like, you take the actions of the commoner, but give them the assassin stats. And like, a few, the, the features. No, take the assassin fe- features and actions and give them to a commoner. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yes, they can use assassinate, but th- th- they only have a 10. If they somehow go attacks. first, you are effed. You're going to take so much bludgeoning damage from their unarmed attack. <laughs> they have a club. Oh, they do have a club. They, they, they do get a club, because you can pick pretty much anything up and make it a club. How effective it will be varies. Because, like, your phone, probably not the best club, but it'll work. A 20-pound iMac, because there's just one sitting on the floor right now. That wouldn't work as a club either. Yeah, it's no. so unwieldy. Yeah, it does have this handle. But. Yeah, it has a nice carrying handle, and I mean, you only need one hit. Yeah, the Switch was a portable. Was the first portable console. My ass! Look at this iMac with this handle. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're just rambling now. So it's that's fun, that's I think all we've got for NPCs. We'll we'll touch on them again in the future. Oh yeah, when we talk about world building, town building, encounters on the road, encounters in towns. Random NPCs in dungeons that aren't dungeon monsters that are just there, like, oh hey, <laughs> the, the the strange lift operator is just like, uh, hi, how you doing? You want to go down the lift? Uh, we're like, breaking into your stronghold. 
You want to use the lift? There's a there's a fortress in Skyrim with a cleaning lady in it. I remember that. Where she's like, she doesn't attack you or anything. She's just like, yeah, the people that live here kind of change from time to time. But I'm just the cleaning lady, so I don't give a shit. And if you don't kill her, but you kill all the bandits, it eventually becomes either an Imperial or Stormcloak hold. And she's just still there. Just, just sweeping. <laughs> I cook and clean and okay, I don't care who's here. <laughs> this is her fort. Yeah. Everyone else is just renting. That's the best NPC. It's the one that's just there that weathers everything. She's great. But, oh yeah, NPCs are great. Customize them. Use those player customizer, player customization options and clip player character building options and apply them to your NPCs to give them more life, to give them more use to get more out of your bandit. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it can actually make a cool story beat. Right. And in doing that, especially in service of your world, like maybe the the bandit camp is just a side quest. It's nothing to do with what your players are really doing. They're just kind of there. But they're in your world, and if you give them that lore and that background and you make your bandit chief and have these features and traits that separate them from the other bandits as more than they're just the leader, because that's really all the bandit chieftain has. They have a couple extra features from the normal bandit, yeah. but... Really, they're just the leader. Yeah, they're just, they're just the one that goes, I'm the leader, I say what we steal. Right, they have a multi-attack and a parry and better stats. That's we all that steal that. Really changes them from a normal bandit. But if you give them more, like they're, they have these feats, they have these abilities. That's why they're the leader of mm-hmm. the bandits. Also, don't make all your bandits human. Send... A, a group of elven bandits that all know Mage Hand against your party. <laughs> They're just pickpocketing you from a distance. <laughs> just, yeah, just high elf bandits. Why are, why are bandits always human? Or orcs? Or goblins? Dwarven bandits. Do it. Halfling bandits. Gnome or, bandits. Or, or forged bandits. Gnome bandits with their minor illusion. Just fucking with everyone. <laughs> Asimar bandits. <laughs> <laughs> they're stealing your evil from you. They're, they're stealing the sinful objects. They, so they, they steal all your money. Just the real people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that is their motivation. <laughs> they're just super preachy. They just show up and they're really preachy and they point towards you. Like, give us all your money because preachy. <laughs> we are the church. Instead of a bandit captain, they have like an arch. They have a a, a high priest. No, no one expects the bandit inquisition. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and then have your Typhling High Priest because Typhlings aren't always evil. Mm-hmm. Well, High Priests are always evil. But anyways, <laughs> I don't hate religion. I just hate organized religion. Organized religion because it makes it destroys religion. Anyways, before we get too preachy, like our Asmar bandits, <laughs> that's all we've got for today. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. And as always, keep on delving. <laughs>